Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to take out some of our network mates, Keep Pound In, the Roaring Riot podcast, or It Is What It Is, for even more great talk about your favorite team. And follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all of your favorite pods. I was supposed to interrupt you, but I forgot. But listen, Nikki, you're here, so you actually can tell from the the empty chair next to you. But uh, if you're listening and you haven't read any of the um, uh, title or (laughs) notes that are on your iTunes, it's uh, like there is no such thing as like a podcast spoiler because you just read what's going on. It's true. We didn't sign anybody the one-day contract this week. Guess what? Thanksgiving week. We're going to do what we like to call a house show, and I, I'm excited. Yeah, well, um, really what happened is we wanted we wanted to get Kevin, who normally videotapes the show. Yep. That's, that's, the, that's the current term, videotape the show. <laughs> uh, he has he a camcorder. And, and we said, you know, he's been around for a while. Um, we want to really take a look at him, and, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see what he's got after three years. And um, You want to give he, him an honest look? Yeah, we want to give him, we want to give him an honest look. And, uh, well, he, he no-showed. So <laughs> He's going to be so sad when he listens to this and be like, oh, this is my chance. This is my big he's chance. He's like at home eating Bojangles and watching heavyweights And right then now. he ran right into Ryan Khalil's backside and fell over. Yep. And then we didn't see him again. But but we got an honest look. We got an honest look. <laughs> man, when they gave him that one carry right off the bat, it was like, oh, man, that, that had to be on purpose, right? Like, well, has has Panther Twitter spoken? Have we named this package yet that, that they that they come in with when Good. they bring Cap into the game? I mean, Cap and Christian don't they need a they need a fun don't name they need for a it. name for it? I mean, we're gonna see it a lot, aren't Should we? Should we ask Ron about what what they're calling the pack? I know they called CJ and CMC the twenty one ponies, so this one's gonna be the uh, <laughs> this is a one pony. Yeah, <laughs> I like Cap and Christian. Yeah, that's fun. Cap and Christian <laughs> sounds like a. Um, a hip-hop cereal when you said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of weird. So for if you're a first-time listener. You can only imagine um, what the marshmallows are. <laughs> if you're a first-time listener. First-time listener, welcome. And please don't turn it off yet. Uh, but let me introduce you to the voices that uh, you are hearing right now. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report. And his favorite Thanksgiving side is cranberries. We don't know about favorite beverage, but rumors are we assume prune juice. That That is a, that is a shot below the belt. Uh, and I don't appreciate it, but I, I've learned to expect it from you two. What's your favorite beverage? Dr. Pepper. All right, that's fair. Well, I I don't know why that threw me off. Kind of a kid soda, but that's all right. I I understand that. I didn't go adult beverage. I don't I don't really have a I oh yeah. Dr. Pepper is the correct answer. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Like if you're like if you like my non water beverage of choice. Yeah. There yeah. we go. I don't know. Does it make you sound like an alcoholic if your fr- if your answer is something alcoholic? Well, n- mm. or a drunk maybe. It kind of sounds it makes you sounds like a drunk. If it's a liquor drink. Probably. If you're like in L.I. Whiskey. <laughs> if you're like Meat. well gin, warm. <laughs> yeah, you're an alcoholic. You might be an alcoholic. <laughs> Someone should do that as a comedy bit. There we go. Let's tune into the next episode. Yep. Um, our other voice over here who loves to make fun of Colin, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, starting to make his off-season plans, and he just booked himself a trip to 
Italy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, So what panther news is going to break while you're in Italy? <laughs> so it's have you already have. So if you're if you're making your plans, it'll be going March 24th. Um, so probably that's about. So it's like two weeks after free agency opens. So probably that's when whoever is left on the market, that's who, when the Panthers will make a big signing. We'll sign like the um, Deshaun Hall or somebody yeah, the, like that. The Ross. <laughs> He's still still available. Well, I can't believe we cut him, Herdy. Come on. We'll have to record like a bunch of one-day contracts before you leave to cover every possible scenario. Yeah. There's a Saturday Night Live like that where Dana Carvey is Tom Brokaw, and mm-hmm. he goes through like every scenario that could happen He's so he can go vacation, on vacation. Right? Yeah. He's like, Gerald Ford, dead, mauled by lions. <laughs> I'm not going to try to do the voice because I can't. But. I, was, uh, I was really hoping that you were going to, but it really, really got away from you. All right, we're still going to start with Nikki's super important question. Also, if you want your super important question asked on the show, be sure to rate us on iTunes and leave it there in the comments. Because people can have their super important question be your super important question. Exactly. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's so, nice. Isn't it the world's super important question? Mm, Could be. Maybe. Have you seen? I just realized I'm, I'm aligned. <laughs> I'm aligned right at Colin, so I'm gonna go right here so I can talk to both of you guys at the same time. So, super important question in the spirit of Thanksgiving: What are you thankful for? Oh no. Um, what am I thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful. For All I can think of what I would be thankful for oh, is no. like a pass rush. Yeah, <laughs> I would be thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for. Uh, if we're going to say Panther-wise, I'm thankful for some innovative offensive um, formations and fun plays. Like, there are plays that they run, that Norv Turner has drawn up and that they run, that are legitimately just, like, fun to watch. Like, the double reverses and, like, the the screen to C.J. Anderson is the one that popped into my head where everybody went to the right with, with Christian McCaffrey and then... Anderson was just wide open on the left, and they were just begging for somebody to block downfield. Those kind of plays you're just not used to. I mean, maybe it's uh, it's recency bias, but I'm just not used to seeing those things come out of the Carolina Panthers' offense. And to see to to have things, and I know we're two weeks away; they've lost two straight. So of course, the world is ending, and the Panthers are the worst team in the history of the NFL. But we're two weeks ago. Did you guys read all the Norv Turner is a genius articles and Norv Turner can raise my daughter if he wants to and stuff like that? Where we're scooting Cam into the MVP conversation. Yeah, that was fun, right? That was a fun like four days of – it literally was. It was three days. Then they went to Pittsburgh. Is that two years ago? Is that what that was? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So that's what I'm thankful for. I'm also thankful for the um, short memory of the NFL because, honestly, if the Panthers blow out the Seahawks or even win on Sunday, this – a lot of these problems that we're going to be talking about for the next, I don't know, four hours on this show <laughs> is going to be, uh, are going to be um, either overlooked or alleviated or, I mean, it's a, it's a week to week league. That's kind of my, that's what I'm thankful for. You know, I like they, that a lot because I think a lot of people forget that it used to be three downs of Jonathan Stewart up the middle for negative four yards. Yep. So I, I enjoy that. I'm also thankful for Uber because I do not like to drive drunk. Uh, that's a good one as well. Is it? Is Uber good? Are, are we allowed to like Uber again? I'm sorry, Lyft. Oh yeah. Drive rideshare rideshare. Okay. okay. Rideshare. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Like this. Like there are people that are growing up today that Uber was never did not exist. Sure. That's like, true. That 
they will never know the idea of like, well, I guess we'll call a cab and then we'll sit for 30 minutes waiting for a yeah. cab to show up. Or what we'll do is we'll call all the cab companies in the city and then whoever shows up first, that's who we'll go with. And then all the other cab companies will show up after that. That's what happened when you're old. Yeah, that's true. This is, we're really turning off all the well, millennials that listen. I, w- I was thinking <laughs> about it, the idea of, of finding a radio station. Like yeah. Find, like dialing in a radio station, particularly like at night, because at night you could hear from further away. You know, That's weird. That, sound, that makes you sound so old. So old. <laughs> I know. Like, a, like, I, like I remember doing that, but yeah. I would never talk about and it. It's like, but that's like post boombox. I mean, like post, you know, like. Not, you know. Oh, sure. If we're saying stuff that, that makes you feel old, remember carrying like a book. Like I used to carry a book of CDs on vacation. Oh, like yeah. I would Like I would take it with me. I had a big book and mm-hmm. then I had a small book. That was like book. my first string. Yeah. That was what I would take to like, <laughs> if I was riding visor, in the cars with the gals, visor, I would be like, oh, let me just grab my first string. Yeah, there's a better than Ezra. No big deal. Boop. Throw it in. Did you have the visor? Uh, I never really liked the visor because the elastic got a little too loose. I like to be able to carry it, zip it and carry it. Yep. Security. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for – I think this team actually is blessed with a lot of talented young players that I'm excited to watch develop. First and foremost, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Um, But you mentioned it, the the explosive guys on the outside. I mean, uh, a guy like Moten at right tackle, Ian Thomas, uh, Shaq Thompson, just throw him in there. Um, Some other guys. Didn't expect to hear his name in that list. Well, (laughs) we'll see. All right. No, but I'm just saying that, that I think there's a lot of young guys on this team that I'm excited to continue to watch develop no matter how this season turns out. That's beautiful. Nikki, what are you thankful for? Curtis Samuel. <laughs> oh. And a non-Panthers note, <laughs> Kemba Walker. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a question, so I don't want to get uh, our, our explicit rating right off the bat, but um, I'm sure we all watched the Kemba Walker explosion against um, – Boston and, and um, Philly. Yeah. Uh, did he yell, this is my shit or this is my city? I believe both. Oh, okay. This was actually an ongoing text conversation. I have a GIF <laughs> in my phone. Well, about, it's not really great this. for audio yeah. medium. But no. Is this no, one show, of it to the mi- show it to the microphone. Certain people hear something like. No, it's no, because he does it. He, he does it twice. He does. He he says I think he says this is my shit and then he says this is my city. I didn't realize I, somebody it I saw somebody on Twitter that said like this is why he said the curse word because we already said it twice. So okay. I, I'm just not sure. I would I, in my mind I think he said this is my city because that's more fun and it makes me happier than um, than because I don't like uh, I don't like profanity. You know, keep it to yourself, Kemba. Uh, it's uh, come on, come on, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> And we're I, for- <laughs> I forgive you, Kemba. Happy Thanksgiving. 11 minutes in. Time's yeah. it. There we go. Write that down. All right. Uh, should we talk about Detroit? It's better than talking about the contract Kemba's going to get. <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> once he gets all NBA. Oh, uh, um, I don't even know where to start with. Do I? Let's just call it what it is. Detroit mistakes. I think we should start with the missed tackles because that is the theme that I, I believe Ron Rivera coined a new term, missed opportunity. What? Yeah. This week? Oh, I've never, I haven't heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have been, could my have, could my uh, article that words I wrote called, been. could my words have been good? Uh, could my article <laughs> that I titled the most missed opportunity game of the season 
that can't be the first time that's happened in Panther journalism history, right? Because if it is, a lot of missed opportunities for some other people that didn't, that didn't <laughs> use that first. Um, yeah, I mean, I, pff, come on. Like, the missed tackles I think are bad, but in my mind, and I, I'd be curious to get your take on this, Colin, I think that the defense played well enough to win, and I think that – Yes, there were missed. Could they have played better? Absolutely. Could could every defense have played better ever? Sure. But essentially what they did was they limited the Lions to three successful drives throughout the entire game uh, before their final touchdown drive. And you're going up against Matt Stafford, who, say what you will about Stafford, is still, has, is still the uh, quarterback with the most fourth-quarter comebacks and the f- most game-winning drives since 2011 in the entire NFL. Um so he's, and been there. he's been there. He's done it. He's been there. He's done it. He's proven he can do it. So he's a dangerous fourth-quarter quarterback, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes after other stuff happens. Um, and they had not – up until that point, the Lions were one of eight on third down. Um, they had basically eliminated the run game after they had 65 yards in the first half. Yes, on Johnson got hurt, but he, only, he didn't get hurt. He got hurt after he had just had his final four – rushes had gone for negative yardage. So it's not as if maybe they made halftime adjustments. Maybe they just started tackling better. Maybe they figured out what was happening. It was just luck of the draw because that's how running games work. But the reality is, is they were, they were doing their job. And when you give up 20 points to a team on the road in a dome, you should win that game. And they shouldn't have given up that many because the one third down they converted should have been challenged and would have been overturned because Kenny Galladay and, and, Mr. Bradbury, were out of bounds. Yeah, both of them are out of bounds before, us, and and that and it happened on the Panthers' sideline. So that's the and that was that leads instead of them kicking a fifty-plus yarder, which I'll concede, I'll even say that they'll make a fifty-plus yarder because Prater did sure. and is certainly capable of it. But even then, you're it's seven-three because that was it puts them back at fourth and seven, and they're not going for it in that situation. And now you've got the ball a second time up. And and that's what the, that's what this league is built on right now is trying to get that lead and then build upon that lead. It's why the last two minutes of the first half and the first and the start of the second half are so important because it gives you those chance to try and double up those scores and get that lead. And if if all of a sudden you've got you go to and I know they they didn't they didn't do anything on their second possession, but if you if you put yourself in that situation, you're now talking about they've been o of eight. For, for third downs in entering the fourth quarter, potentially. And the, the game, I think, plays out completely different than it does. Yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how like, these hypotheticals work, right? They don't get this third down. They don't get right. this field goal. The Panthers get the ball back up instead of the tide, and then maybe they can put – so all this stuff kind of – it all rolls downhill. It all kind of happens in, in an order of some sort. But I, I just think that, yeah, the, the defense, for all the – hatred that Eric Washington is is getting spewed into his face. What did they they give yeah, they gave up 52 in Pittsburgh. But let's let's put that away. The way that they played in Detroit, I don't think is Eric Washington's fault. I don't think that he put them necessarily in a position to fail. If you were going if you could only fire one, just hypothetically, you could fire one. Game. You could fire the head coach after the decisions at the end of the game, clock management decisions, the decision to go for two. You can fire the special teams coach after his kicker 
tried to miss an extra point, then did miss an extra point, then missed a field goal, and had some penalties thrown in on other guys in special teams. Oh, and or, not to mention, Demir Bird was aggressively bad at decision-making when he either took the ball out, fielded punts, didn't field punts. He made the wrong decision almost on every punt. Or you can fire the offensive coordinator that couldn't, you know, didn't didn't abandon the run for the entire almost the entire second half, despite it being what you guys say you're built completely around. Or you can fire the defensive coordinator who gave up three scoring drives. Like if you can only pick one, how do we end up on Eric Washington? Because he's the newest, I, I think because everyone remembers fifty-two at Pittsburgh, right? That's what that's what that's the reasoning. Or they look at this and they say, why doesn't Julius Peppers well, have twelve sacks? And why doesn't like? I mean, well, fifty-two is at least only forty-five. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, to be uh-huh. yeah, no, I, you're not wrong, but I, I I just if it's a short week for the players, it's a short it, yeah, okay. So he's a first year coordinator, which I do think that you you can you can, like because we've seen. You know, we, we had um, McDermott, and you had Wilkes, and you had Washington, and they were they're these. You know, they were guys. You're bringing in, and you're going. They're gonna, they're close. They're close. They're going to be taking this next step. And what you've done is you created this. You know, this 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 churn of defensive coordinators. And I wonder if it's a good thing. I wonder if there's in if the, if Ron Rivera is now sitting at you know having churned through three defensive coordinators in three years, if he looks back and thinks that's a good thing. To yeah. have been doing. Eric Washington has been the defensive coordinator for um, 11. This was his 10th game, right, being the defensive coordinator. This is not our 10th. I can tell you for a fact that I'm better today at podcasting than I was five episodes ago during our 10th episode. And that was not my 10th episode all time of being on a podcast. I've been on literally one other one. So, uh <laughs> No, uh, it, but it's like you get better at this stuff over time. And, yes, it's it's great that we we kept promoting these guys to defensive coordinator and then they got hired away, and it, it's terrific. It's the Ron Rivera coaching tree. It's all well and good. But I got news for you. This defense wasn't very good last year either, and they they kept giving up a ton of points. This, this year, at least, they're bailing themselves out with turnovers. Last year, they didn't bail themselves out with turnovers. Right. So oh, – well, and I get mad because, and I mean, you know, I, I, I do sometimes get pretty fired up on Twitter when I'm watching Panthers games, but people need to understand that missed tackles is not an Eric Washington problem. That's Don't fire him for missed tackles. Well, That's not on him. Bradbury has an interception. He has an interception and then gets the ball taken away. It's a great play by, by um, Galladay, even though he was out of bounds. <laughs> sure. Uh, Are we going to get mad? But at like, that's did they review that play? No, Ron <laughs> I was Rivera trying to had remember to... after you mentioned. No. I'm like, wait, why didn't no. that get reviewed? Because they don't have a spotter sitting at the end of their at the end of their bench, looking down the sideline, and say what you want. Because this is a small market team. Because that if there's more cameras at the game, there's more producers, there's more production people. That that gets on TV a whole lot faster than it does coming out of break when they're getting ready to line up and snap the ball again. I'm not. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but that is a reality of the situation where you see coaches get helped out. Now, maybe Ron Vera could have could have intervened, could have stepped out of there on the field and talked to the officials and tried to buy him some time, something like that. But, um, but like that play. I mean, th- to me, like you had that play, and then you had a, a catchable ball that turns into into an interception. Um, like you had, like so you have those 
those weird plays that happen in football, and they pretty much all went against you. Yep. And this team has lost four games. And granted, we just talked about the 52 from, from Pittsburgh. But they gave up 31 to, an, uh, to a healthy Atlanta offense at the mm-hmm. time. And they gave up 22, or 23 to Washington. They gave up 20 to Detroit. I mean, they gave up 23 to Washington, and the offense turned the ball over three times, right, in that game? Yeah. I, I would imagine that at least a couple of those I, came from short fields, if I remember correctly. Each, I mean, I wrote about the fact that the Falcons game, they could have won, that they botched, that, that they botched parts of that game, and it really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the Washington game was, was a winnable game that, that they shot themselves in the foot with the turnovers, and Detroit. So the three of those games, we all look at them and, and say – if the Panthers would have played better and done some better things, and particularly not necessarily on the defensive side of the ball, but on the offensive side of the ball, sure. then those all could have been wins. And yet the conclusion that we keep coming to is that the defensive coordinator is the issue here. Because everybody wants someone to blame, so it's that easy to can't. be like, there's one problem, I got let's idea. blame. It can't be Norv Turner because he's a genius. Right. Maybe. So if I have a question for you, and I, I think we're all kind of coming to the same, the same spot, but uh, I'm not going to say it out loud. But if you're if you're questioning whether you should be firing everybody on the staff, who's in charge of everybody on the staff? I mean, this team does not look buttoned up for for a team that's as veteran led as this team is, with as many guys who have not just the captain's patch but the gold plated captain's patch on their uniform. Boy, this team lacks some lacks some emotion. Boy, they seem like they lack leadership at times. Far more often than you would think, a team that is established who it, it just recently re-upped so many of these guys. And then, well, we got lapses. Got to figure out these lapses. Or I saw, or, you know, Ron Rivera, I saw Cam play his game. Well, you mean when he ran twice in the first quarter and didn't run again the entire rest of the game? I talked to my mom on the phone this morning, and literally the first words out of her mouth, she said, one, how are you? And then she said, why they stop running? <laughs> That's what she said. I had no, I didn't know what to tell her. <laughs> they, uh, you're playing against a team that's 28th in the league against the rush, and 28th in the league against the rush, and used to be last in the league against the rush before they traded for Snacks Harrison. And I'm sorry, <laughs> FYI, um, Snacks played really well. I just yeah. uh, like for some reason big defensive tackles like that. They just make me so happy. Like I just I just really enjoy watching the dancing them. bear. And so yeah, <laughs> so it's like when he like every time he would do something insane in the middle, it's like ho 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 snacks. Sorry, <laughs> was that you in the press box acting professional? A little bit. Or I was, was that like, an inner monologue? I said it under my <laughs> under my breath. Same way I felt feel about Vita Bay. One of the last twenty two plays that they ran on offense was a run. One of the last 22 plays. And that play went for six yards and a first down. The game got away from them, though, Colin, right? They were they were uh, in a tie were... game and a down seven. But that's why they stopped running on Thursday was they the game got away from them. 5% of their fourth quarter plays on offense were runs. For a team that has that, – that, I mean, we've just had the, the, all the, the, the pieces written about Christian McCaffrey's usage, how much he's on the, the field. You just get rid of C.J. Anderson because everything's fine. There's no problem here. And then you don't give the young man the rock? And, 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 the, and the reason I'm, I'm told is, well, they were playing stuff we haven't seen. They were doing things they hadn't done before, and they are playing soft zones. I, don't, I'm, I'm, I am nonplussed by that argument. Yeah, and Matt. it's not because it's not an argument, and it's and the, and the problem is that it's not it's just not honest. 
I mean, we're, again, this, I feel like this is the second straight week where Ron Rivera, who is a guy that is typically honest and, and, and forthright, and, and I mean, I know he, you know, we, <laughs> we complained about the fact that he intentionally goes and talks to RV right after he talks to, you know, the media and stuff like that. Sure. But the C.J. Anderson explanation and, and the, these explanations and this team not looking buttoned up, I mean, this team is too good. If this team, if these veterans are worth investing back into, and Thomas Davis is saying the goal, the lone goal is the Super Bowl, they are not buttoned up enough. And and can maybe they can get there. Maybe they can get there. But they this this has not been a buttoned up team all all year, except for the Baltimore game. I mean, that Baltimore game that that was about that was the best game we've seen them play. Is it weird? I know we talk about this all the time, and it's kind of a cliche in the NFL of like playing up or down to your competition. But it does feel like the the Panthers do that a little bit, uh, especially yeah. this season. They've been doing it. Last year they kind of did it, except when against the Saints they would just play down. But um, I, I think that 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 that's a problem. Well, and, and and are they 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 just concede the division? Like they just conceded the division? Like they could have controlled their own destiny till the end of the season, and instead they said. We're good with five. I mean, like legitimately, like is that what? Because you lose this game to Detroit, you're basically saying we're good with playing for a wild card, probably. Bro, they are. I mean, uh, you say playing for a wild card, and that's exactly what they're doing. Like right. this, this game on Sunday, and we're going to talk about it. Is going to be is legitimately a must win. Like they now last week, I remember saying like, Oh, well, can we really call this game against Detroit a must win? They're six and three. It's a Detroit team, blah, blah, blah. Now it's now it's like, well, yeah, dude, it's now or never. Cause if they lose this game, right. then I'm not sure that they even are, they will likely be out of the playoff picture if the season ended after Sunday, but whatever. Watching them now, like, like they're playing for a wild card. Like that, that's what's in the head. It makes me think of all those close games that we would always lose because we were we weren't playing to win. We were playing not to lose, and we lost every single one of those games because of that. So now the mentality now is well, we're playing for a wild card. They need to be playing for winning a division. I don't care what New Orleans, what we've seen from them. There's still a lot of football left. Or just just go out there and win the game that's in front of you. You don't have yeah. to play for the division. You don't have to play for the wild card. You don't have to play for the freaking NFC championship. Just go out there and beat the Lions. Just go out there and beat the Seahawks. It's the same thing that Greg Olson said yesterday, and it was. The 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 guy to talk to when you need some perspective is Greg Olson because he is the most pragma- pragmatic person on the team and he also has the best outlook on this stuff and he's like hey you know what we have a bunch of stuff that we need to fix and and there was like well are you going to be able to fix it and he said well we're going to see on the field like we could talk about it all we want in the locker room but we got to stop thinking about what New Orleans is doing we got to stop thinking about the playoff picture we got to stop thinking about well if this team loses and this guy then we can get home field we just got to go out there and win a game we have to win one game and it's on this and it's on Sunday and it's like yeah man like i mean that that's all there is to it and and he even said you know 2 weeks ago we were on top of the world everybody was one came to be mvp and now, two weeks later, everybody wants to talk about how terrible we are. Like, that's the way the game goes. Cam said it the same, the same thing. He said, you know, everybody wants – we lose a couple – we lose a game, and then everybody wants to talk about why this guy isn't getting the ball, and this guy is – you know, everybody wants to pick apart the game and say that everything's wrong. But when you win two games in a row, three games in a row, then everybody thinks you're on top of the world. You're wearing North Turner's shirts on it. So it's – um it's a I mean obviously we know what kind of league we're following and we're covering but it's 
that's why we always try to, I always try to take at least a little bit of like a overarching look and try to look past a little bit of like, well, they gave up 52 on Pittsburgh. We should just burn the stadium down because there's no, no need for it anymore. Like, all right, well, it's, it's one game. It's okay. But these are, these are problems that we are seeing week after week after week. And it's not just DJ Moore fumbling the ball. Cause that kind of stuff is not going to happen every week. Right. It's, he did have me. He did have me worried on that, that first pitch. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that arm come flying. No, not like this, DJ. <laughs> if you look at that Baltimore game overall, and then you look at this week Pittsburgh, like what was the biggest difference that you guys seen with that? I but mean, obviously not just that. They kept scoring. We came out. I mean, they kept – they scored. I mean, they, they took it to the number one ranked defense. And, and now, I mean, Flacco just got benched or they're doing whatever with him. Right. And Lamar Jackson, you know, so it's not like they were – the offense was setting the world on fire. Maybe that was a little bit of, you know, why we uh, kind of got – I don't know if lulled to sleep with this defense stuff, but, you know, even though I just defended it for a while. But um, that, that the offense kept pressing. And the offense – Felt like the aggressors. And I think that's what you need to be in this day and age as an offense. And that's where this game is heading is that the the pressure that you apply to the other team isn't just with your defensive 11. It's with the it's with the fact that you, they know you're going to put up points. And that yeah. game situation. Yeah. I mean, it, not to bring New Orleans up, but did you see what New Orleans did on Sunday? Yeah. They never took the foot off the gas. Like, it did not matter what the score of that game is or what was happening. They – kept going yeah. did we watch any other games this week that were maybe the best games that happened in the entire nfl <laughs> maybe of our entire lifetime where where it was like how how many points do you need to score to win and i i got news for you the way the the panthers do not look like any of those three teams no so and the way the best oh man well you know if they run the ball they don't have to look like those teams maybe <sighs> my I mean, I'm just – you can still – I think that, I think the, you know, the, what the Rams are doing with passing attack but also having Gurley to be able to, to uh, you know, to, to turn the – like that is what this Panther offense could be. I mean, you – and I'd feel a little bit better about it if you had C.J. Anderson back there. But, I mean, with Cam, with McCaffrey, it, they are not – neither one of them is Todd Gurley. But I, they, you can be a team that still shortens the game the way that you want to where you limit your exposure to your defense – and not be quite as pass happy. Like I'd rather give up the the eighty yarder and then let us march twice. You know what I mean? And twice, and then let their defense get gassed. But don't you feel like what the Panthers are are a worse version of what the Rams and the Chiefs and the Saints are not, with a not great defense and a and a quality offense? So let's say everything clicks for the Panthers right now. Sunday they come out and they play their best ball. Does that look like a 52 to nothing game or does that look like a 52 to 31 game? The reason why the Rams were able to beat the Chiefs was because they had a, a defensive disruptor and they scored three times on defense. And the reason why the Saints are able to beat teams 45 to 7 is because they have they're holding teams to seven. I don't, I don't think that any of those three teams are worried about the Panthers outscoring oh, them. No. So if I'm if I'm a if I'm a team right now, I'm not I'm more worried about how are we going to how are we going to stop these guys because you're going to have to stop them at least a couple times and you're not going to match match up with these offenses. So 
I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just not sure if these guys are even scared of a team like the Panthers no, right now. No. Not right now, certainly. No. Not a team that just put up 19 against the, the Lions. But you just said you get into a game. I mean, do I think this team can go in, in a, into one of those games and catch a fumble, catch a break, and be right there? Yeah, I do. Do I think they need those plays? Sure. Yeah. I mean, particularly the way that, you know, that they've been playing. I mean, you, you're not going to have Funches drop five balls and go, well – you know, yeah, he dropped five balls, but we were still able to knock off the Hall of Famer in New Orleans. No, probably not going to happen. You you got to buckle up. You got to not have penalties, and you you got to make fewer mistakes, and you got to outplay them for sixty minutes. But they're in that league. They're not favored. They're not the. They're not. They're not challenging for the one seed anytime soon. And I don't. You know, I, I mean, in terms of power ranking, not so much. Two weeks ago, they were challenging for the for the three seed. Right, like a, yep. in the power rankings. Yep. Two weeks ago, they were they were like, "Is this team the third best team in the NFL?" And now we're like, "Well, worst team ever." I know. I I I'm the guy that just said it. So, yeah. well, look, but they, that's they what I like to ball. do is I like they to put both things on tape. So if you want to take one thing out of context, you can take this thing out of context, or you can take the right. Thing How out many of times context. did this team run with Cam Newton and and Christian McCaffrey on third down on Sunday? How many times did they run on third down? Uh, I'm gonna guess zero. One. Oh. Once. This is the foundation of this team. Yep. I mean, I, I, look, I, I didn't call the plays. <laughs> you didn't? I didn't call the plays. Come on, Colin. You deserve to be fired. Colin's fired. I, I think the the idea of this firing thing, let's talk. I, I yeah. would be interested in talking about that. The idea of firing somebody, and I, I get it. It's social media. It's the world that we live in. It's, it's all very like, I want it now. This guy... Uh, this waiter dropped my drink and he should be burned uh, in a fire and also fired from his job, coincidentally. Um, like, it's... Good thing you made him a male. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that it's... it. Like, how much do... It's such an interesting... There's no, there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground, right? There's no, like, well, Eric, what, what, like, it doesn't... The Panthers are not a team that necessarily keep puts up with bad performances for that for too long. They're not the Browns that are keeping Hugh Jackson around for a third year after he goes 1-31. Or are they? When Mike Shula has isn't great for, I mean, 2016 and 17 were both pretty bad years for the, for the Carolina Panthers offense. And then he got fired. But that was only after a... Yeah, so 2016 coming off of 2015. Oh, no, no, no. Right. You can't. You can't right. That's right. what I'm saying. But everybody wanted him gone eight games into 2016, right? I mean, a, a maybe I'm misremembering it. No, but, uh, I mean, if there wasn't a Super Bowl run, this, it, like a Super Bowl appearance, he would have been fired after 2016. And, and a two-year grace period off of a Super Bowl appearance is not not long. I mean, in, in the scheme sure. of things. I mean, it's not, it's not a George Steinbrenner firing, but that's pretty short. But it's interesting to me that the world that, or the Panthers world that we live in now, because it used to be you used to have a you used to have an idea of what was going to happen. You used to okay, well they're not going to fire somebody. They're not going to fire a coach midseason. It's just not going to happen. But now with a new owner, it's like, well, like would they fire a, a first year defensive coordinator ten games in the season? Like last year they definitely wouldn't have. But mm, I don't know if they if if they fired him after he. If, he gave, if that defense gives up 20 points on the road, uh, th that I mean, and I know you're no, saying I, like, I, I think this week's a bad example. But yeah. even if even if you say after Thursday, that that's a that's a that's a load to lay on on a guy when his defense didn't really have a shot 
when right out of the gate they get a pick six. Yeah. Right. No, I, I'm I, I'm and not saying had, Washington. And we had you had your Bradbury getting getting or biting. I mean, on on a move. What are you going to do? Tell tell ben, Big Ben, hey, don't pump fake. It's not <laughs> fair to my players. Hey, excuse me, sir. You never run that play uh, before. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a pump fake. That was well, who said the referee? Uh, uh, Dean Blandino told me there's no pump fakes this week. I am so mad that Kevin is not here with a camera to capture. <laughs> Throw the flag, referee. Pump He's faking. pump faking all over the place. Yeah. This is ridiculous. These people pump <laughs> faking. Let's see, Markel Fultz. <laughs> that's a nice, that's, mean spirit. that's a good ref. Um, but like, okay, so a better example from Sunday. Um, I saw a, lo- a fair amount of social media, and I feel like not just crazy town burning their Cam Newton jerseys style of social media. I saw a lot of smart people on on social media saying it's time to cut to to part ways with Graham Gunnell. It's time to part ways with the guy that won special teams player of the month 19 days ago. <laughs> okay, let's, let's pretend like that award matters to me. Well, I'm not saying it does, but it still happened. Like, he's oh, still yeah, NBA coach of the year every year, next year fired. Yeah, I mean, well. I mean, that, that's – if you didn't run him – because here – let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Ooh, would, you ask run, me. would you run him out there for, for, for the extra point? I mean – Would I? Let's take the two point. Let's take that out. Would you have run him out there for the extra point? He almost missed the first kick of the game. He just tucked it inside the left upright. Then he did miss an extra point. Then he did miss a field goal. Would you have run him back out there? Yes, and I'll tell you why. It has a whole lot less to do with Graham Gano, and we're going to get to this in a second, and a whole lot to do with game management and game situation. The Lions have three timeouts left. They have Matt Stafford at quarterback. Two points does not win you the game. You can score, you can make that two-point conversion and still lose. But you can so here here are your three options. You can with when you go for two, you can uh, make the you can not make the two-point conversion and lose. You can make the two-point conversion and still improve lose. your chance of winning, <laughs> but also you can still lose. Or you can kick the extra point and again lose if he misses, or you can make it, and then it changes their situation completely because then you get the ball with 107. They're not going to go for it on fourth down. They're they're likely going to be like, okay, well, we now have we, – we got sacked on second down, so now we're going to run it to try and run the clock out. The lots, of, lots of things happen if you kick the extra point. There's only one thing. If you get that two-point conversion, here comes Matt Stafford. And I, I get it. But Matt, maybe Matt Stafford with, with Kenny Galladay is not as scary as he used to be. But I'm not – I don't feel great plenty, about it. I think I was plenty scary. Yeah, I don't God. feel great about it with 107 and all three timeouts and one of the best kickers of all time on their sideline. Indoors. So that's why I'm rolling Graham Gano out there to kick it. You did not list that you could also take a timeout to allow the defense to get set <laughs> and then come back out and, and attempt the two-point conversion, thus submarining any chance you have of extending the game. Because they would have had two timeouts. Now, you could take the – here's the thing. You can take that penalty, then kick the extra point, maybe make it, <laughs> and then – No, you, you're, well, you're, you've but, already submarined any chance of getting the ball back by calling a ridiculous timeout with three minutes and 40 seconds left on second down. That's when you submarined your chance of getting the ball back. But 
even then, which is you're not wrong about that, but even then you could have had some chance. And and I agree wholeheartedly with you that if you have the tie game, they're less likely to go for go for the win. I don't think they're going for the win at all. I no. think they're taking three knees. I think I let me take that back. I think Stafford is going to throw one incompletion, then they're going to take two knees and go to and go to overtime. I, I, and I think that and if he does throw that incompletion and then they try and run, you actually now could call timeouts. And now it's third and eleven, and they're on the twenty-four yard line. And what are they going to do? They they got they got to make a decision: either run the ball, and then give the ball back to you when you burn, but burning your last time out, or they can try and throw a pass, maybe complete it, maybe get an incompletion, stop the clock, and all of a sudden you got one timeout, and you have the ball with decent field position, provided, of course, your special teams coach and special teams got things squared away back there. So when you're asking me if I roll Graham Gano out there, the answer is yes, and it has nothing to do with whether he's going to make the kick or not. He could have missed five. I'm still rolling him out there with 107 left up by, down by one. Now, with that said, if you lose faith in this guy and you're not going to roll him out there to kick an extra point, then, yeah, I can see that being a reasonable case to find somebody else to do it. I, I don't have I, yeah. I have no I have no rebuttal. I mean, and, and because again, it's not like sixty three, and then we were flawless victories all the way through, and then he had a bad day. I mean, and so I'm I'm a big believer in he had a bad day. I think that Graham Gano is one of the better kickers in the league, and I and I am very very hesitant to say, well, let's just cut him because we he missed an extra point, and he missed a field goal. You know what? Guys have bad days. Tiger Woods has had a bad day. Phil Mickelson has had a bad day. Adam Vinatieri missed a freaking field goal last week. Our, uh, the king of the world, Harrison Butker, missed an extra point on Monday Night Football that would have made a big difference for the Chiefs. So don't tell me that kickers don't ever miss kicks. Now, that being said, if you don't trust him, if you don't trust him to kick the extra point, then then it's time. Then Then that's a different conversation. But if you're asking me, I, I would have both trusted him and also not cut him. Well, we said at, after the Giants game, I said I would not have run him out there for the 63-yarder. Ron was right to run him out there in sure. that situation. Yep. But then did not run him out there for an extra point. And if the game, if that decision is solely because, well, we're going to try and go for this game, because he said he didn't want to leave it up to a coin toss, which, as we just described, was <clears> not <throat> necessarily the situation at hand as it was described in the uh, press conference. Um, but – if he doesn't have the confidence then to put him out there, if that's part of the decision, then to me, then he's got to go. I, I mean, if you've got a if you've got a, a, a kicker that you now are going, mm, I don't know, extra point, then then he's got to go. I don't know, <laughs> extra point. That seems so crazy, but it's uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't have a, I don't. I, this is this is one of those arguments that I, I think yeah. we just there there is no like, well, you convince me. Like I, I personally think it's he's a kicker. He makes kicks. Sometimes he has a bad day. But if but if but we're not in there. So if I'm not Ron Rivera, so if I am if I am Ron and I do not trust Graham to make an extra point, if the reason we went for two is because I do not trust him, then he's gotta go. I don't think that was the reason why I went for two. I think that his his idea was we we gotta go, we're gonna win this game. Right now we're on the road, which again, I don't have a problem with. There's twelve seconds left in the game. Go for it, dog. Let's do this thing. You got the best short, wep- short yardage runner in the league, and then you passed it. But, but that's a that's yeah. A and I don't even think like, tied his feet together. It's not so much like he didn't trust Gano or 
trust the defense. To me, it felt like he didn't trust the process of overtime in the NFL. And I, I didn't hate the call. I, I, uh, I didn't hate it. To well, be, I hated I the might call. be the only one. I didn't hate the decision to go for two. I, <laughs> I, I was – I was fine with the decision to I go mean, for two. It was uh How much would would you what would you have bet that there was gonna at least be a run fake on it? Dog, I'm running QB power every single time. For third and one or third and two or less, I'm running QB power every time. I don't care. I, I get it. You gotta protect him, but the guy is freaking Superman. He never gets hurt. He's the best weapon in the league. Maybe you don't run it in the first quarter against uh against Tampa. But this is what you have been saving it for. Right. This is what you've been saving it for. Run him up the middle. But I, I, at the I same time, see them. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I gotta say this again. It's really hard to. It's really hard to. Um. It's really hard to argue with that play call. The fat. The with the way that it went down. It is. It's very easy to say. Oh, I, we should have run it up the middle. Would have been a whole different story. What if Cam had run? Jerry Wright was wide open in the middle of the end zone. Correct. You can't ask for anything better out of that offensive play call. So, uh, so it's hard to say. So this this line of 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 takes is is not a great way for us to go. And uh, but again, if it's me personally, I'm rolling out Graham Gano. But if I'm gonna go for two, I'm gonna run Cam up the middle. But I have no problem with. Honestly, I don't really have a problem with any of the stuff that he did. Well, except for the fact that they had to take a timeout. I'm sorry, that's sure. inexcusable. Like, yep. how do you not have? How do you not have a couple pet plays that you just have sitting in the back pocket for that exact situation? They have one. It's called QB power. <laughs> well, apparently they were wearing different pants. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, looking ahead to Seattle. Hi, this is Keith from the Roaring Riot podcast. This week, we look at the Panthers' second road loss in a row against the Lions, and we break down the good and the bad, and we take a few calls from the feedback line. We look ahead to the Seahawks' visit to Charlotte, and we cover the Week 12 matchups that are important to the Panthers. There's a lot more, so please listen to the Roaring Riot podcast through your favorite podcasts app. Welcome back. We are looking ahead to Seattle. What are the offensive keys to the game? I have a more of an offensive question of the game. Okay. Mm. Do you do you guys and gals think that um, Curtis Samuel is going to get more snaps? And my question is, do you think that the amount of snaps that he get gets are in um, proportion to his offensive output? Well, the answer the answer is no, right? Like, I mean, they, given the number of plays that he's made in the uh, scant time that he's been out there, great word, thank you. Uh, obviously, no. But do you get those? Do you get that same amount of plays if you if you put him out there thirty times? I don't know. I, mean, I honestly don't know. Like, it's it's so interesting to me because. The, the 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 hashtag free Curtis Samuel and I feel like we we just kind of bag on Twitter sometimes in these games but like or in these podcasts but like um, this well, podcast is, is not a is, game it is a cesspool I mean <laughs> yeah it's the worst but but it's also like I, I just feel like I I just feel like uh I sorry I got a text asking me whether my wife wanted me to pick up uh, Yafo Kitchen on the way home, and I got really excited. So I, I got very distracted. But I'm right back here. You found the thing something is, is that you like more than Curtis Samuel? If, <laughs> so Curtis Samuel has scored on, what, 24% of his snaps though, so far? 24% of his touches. So the idea is that if he gets 
20 touches a game. He'll score five touches a game every game. Like, that idea is so asinine that I can't, like, is it is it possible that the reason why he's so successful is because he isn't in for so many plays? Like, is is that a possibility? Or if, if you put him in there instead of DJ Moore, does he have... Is he open more often? Like I, I don't know that I don't know the answer to that question, and I think it it might be time to find out because the way that he is playing when he is on the field, it feels like it's almost like it's hard to ignore, right? This is what Tyreek Hill did when he was a uh, a rookie, or I think it was his second year was kind of his breakout year. But when when he started making all these plays of like, what is happening out there? Like where it was just like, he looks otherworldly. And there are moments where Curtis Samuel looks like Tyreek Hill did. And I, I don't know whether this is like, whether I'm ready to throw my hat into the f- hashtag free Curtis Samuel ring, but at a certain point, like, uh, like the numbers don't lie. And the way that, the way he plays doesn't lie. I mean, I look at a guy like Alvin Kamara, who everybody loved a couple of years. You know, I mean, still, still love, but like when he came out as a rookie. But you look at how New Orleans was using him. He was getting 15 touches per game. Like every game, he's getting 15 touches. That's not an otherworldly, you know, workload. And Curtis Samuel is a guy that has had some injuries. I, you know, I don't know if he needs to be out there for 100 percent of the snaps. I'd rather have him be out be out there for 30 percent of the snaps and making plays than on the sideline after two weeks of playing 100 percent of the snaps. Are we sad that he had? Are we sad with his production from last week? Like, do we need him to have 20 more snaps and have a little more product? Like, I, I'm happy with what he gave me last week, and I've I've been happy with what he's given me most weeks. Yeah. So. Do we need him to be out? Like the the amount of snaps is not going to necessarily increase his production. Like it doesn't just go. That's not the way that the bar graphs work. Right. And and, if, and this is to go cross sport. And like there's I love, guys. I in, love it. There's there's guys in basketball that coaches want to play for ten minutes, and they'll go out there and they'll give energy. But if you leave him out there for twenty five minutes, he's going to get exposed for all of his weaknesses that maybe don't you know don't don't surface during that during that short stretch, and. Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, and, and like I, I don't feel like I feel like we, we're, we're you're in a spot where you have to nitpick a young man, and I'm comfortable with the way that he's been utilized because, I'll, I'll, you know, with the exception of Sunday, I'm a generally a, a Devin Funches proponent. I want Greg Olson out there. I want DJ Moore out there, and sometimes you're the fourth guy out of that group. You can still be a Devin Funches proponent. It's fine. Yeah. Also, this is. And I get it. It's a one. It's a it's a this week league, and it's a this it's, year well, league. It's 2018, well, but but at the same time, this is how teams work. Is your team your guy looks good when he's a rookie? This is his rookie year. I I get it. Last year, whatever. But this is his rookie year essentially. A guy looks good as a rookie. Then the next year, he looks even better at, as he moves into a spot that was maybe occupied by. A number one wide receiver that wore number seventeen that graduates in, uh, in free agency and goes and plays for the Jets. I really wish I really wish people could see your body language right now <laughs> as you are ushering as you are ushering people out of your chair, out of the room, to Down the side. The yes, <laughs> but it's like I, I get I don't know. I, but then at the same time. You look at what the Saints did with Alvin Kamara last week, last year, and then he did. He did. He had 200 touches last year as a rookie. As what? What was he? A third round pick? Mm-hmm. They they recognized that talent. and They said, "Let's get this guy out there." Now he's on on pace to have more touches this year. 
even though they had Mark Ingram. They were just like, we don't even care. We have a guy, but we're going to build our offense around him. And is Curtis Samuel a build-your-offense-around-him type of guy? I don't know. That, and, and we haven't seen it. We haven't seen enough of him yet to be able to tell. I, I'm I'm not. I went, I went everywhere on that argument, like in that whole paragraph. It was beautiful, though. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if Curtis Samuel got a higher percentage of the snaps, I'm not going to be like, dang it, Curtis got a higher percentage of snaps. At the same time, do I expect a tremendous growth or or, or, or even bigger numbers than we've seen? No. Those are no. Those are those coming are from DJ benefit. Moore, by the way. Those are the benefit. Those numbers are the benefit of playing fewer snaps. Yeah, I agree. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Also, and especially because he's a guy that they want to get the ball to, and so they figure out ways to get him the ball. And when he's sprinkled in, and it's and particularly when it's based off an action with Cam and Christian McCaffrey, and then you get like it's, it's you know it's kind of like giving Oz Akeem. Oh gosh, that's an old reference. <laughs> um, you know, like you you see the guy that gets the end of the round, you go, wow, look at him, he's he's incredible, and you're like, yeah, they faked the ball to Marshall Falk, then faked the pass to Torrey Holt, and then they gave it to this really fast guy, and he ran down the sideline. Guess who made the plays? Yeah, you know, and 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 I'm not trying to take away from Curtis Samuel, but the 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 lore and the legend of Curtis Samuel, uh, it, which is fun. Um, I don't I don't enjoy the well, adversarial way like right. this. I mean, we have two two young wide receivers that I feel pretty excited about, and I, like, can that be my stance? Can I be can I be the receiver polygamist here? No, you can't. <laughs> Get them both on the field. I Pull want, a man. I Why want more is man weapons. hurts getting snaps? That's I need why. more brother weapons. Somebody had an article. I don't remember where it was, but it said like he's had. A third of the snaps are Chris Manhurts, and it's like, man, Chris Clark has played a ton more than he has. They don't play the same freaking position. <laughs> Mike Adams is out there. He's 37 years old. Yeah, he's on a freaking defense. All right, I'm gonna try and get you. I'm gonna try and get you to dial it down just a little bit. This you're is getting, what we did. We are, I'm uh, going full Colin over yeah, here. Yeah, you know, we've gone. We've like gone. It. We've talked about the offensive player that isn't playing enough. Um, if I if I were to ask you to rank the defensive players on this Panther team. Are we playing a game? We're playing a little game here. If I were going to ask you to rank the defensive players on, on their performance in 2018, where would uh, Mr. Shaq Thompson rank? <laughs> and now I wish I we had a video for <laughs> for Nikki's face, who was clearly not <laughs> expecting Shaq Thompson to be the the the, the player no, to and, rank. And I'm no. just talking about play in 2018. Where's Shaq Thompson? Top 11. Okay. Uh, joke about it, if you will. He <laughs> is second in this team in tackles. He's the second leading really? tackler in this team. Wow. That's and he's playing less. Now, I mean, granted, he played 100% of the snaps early in the season, but now he's playing 50 to 60% of the snaps. This defense doesn't have their best 11 players on the field. They don't. I mean, so for I mean, we we've gone back and forth about the defense. I don't think the majority of the time, you know, or or barely the majority of the time, they have their best 11 on the field. I think Shaq Thompson is one of their is definitely one of their best eleven, and I think you can make a case that he's in the top five, particularly play this season. And yet he's playing fifty to sixty percent of snaps. Um, if I'm going if I'm going down, I'm going to try and get my best eleven guys out there, and I understand that that has some limitations, and you're going to have different things. But to me, uh, if I'm searching for answers on defense, I'm going to try and get my best players on the field. Yeah, I mean. I I don't know. I feel like you have to match up from a personnel standpoint, right? Like, I mean, you can't you can't send Shaq out there to guard um, 
who's a who's a fast wide receiver. I can't think of any. But like you can't send him out there to card Ted Ginn like in the slot. Like right. uh, like right. that's going to end poorly. You, you just he can you know when take they him now because he's hurt. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, when he has three wide when there are three when it's a three wide receiver set. Well, I, I mean. I, everybody likes to hate on Captain Munderland, but I, I feel like Captain has not played as poorly as everybody thinks he has. I don't think he's, he's in a no-win situation. Do if people don't realize how how these option routes work now? For like when he picks and he has to pick, the offensive player gets to go the other direction. When he picks to go to the, to the sideline or to the middle of the field, the offensive player gets to pick. Oh, and by the way, there's there's some of the best in the world at doing that too. It's, it's it, the, it is a it is a murderous position. There's a reason why RPOs are so popular is because they f- they work all yes. the time. Yes. Because they're impossible to defend. If to make no mention of natural pick plays. Mm. Mm. Was it a Samantha impression? A, no. <laughs> oh no, my god. Not not you know natural pick plays are when Bill Belichick calls it. <laughs> That's a natural pick play when he calls it. Um. I don't even know what refer- what you're referencing or <laughs> I'm just referencing I just, no the, just the absurdity of the, of the of the slot position right now and the fact that they will call oh like well they, they the Chiefs or uh, the Chiefs did um the Lions the Lions did it against the Panthers with the with the tight end where he runs at Bradbury and then at the last second jumps out of the way and goes oh there's no contact but of course Bradbury has to run through it because he's not he can't count on getting the the call because well, we know they don't call it, and now he's behind the play. And well, it was a natural pick play, and there was no contact, so therefore there's no foul. Seems like it's really. Well, I mean, that's just the way the NFL is. The fa- offense is favored nowadays, yeah. and when you can't, and when you put up 19 in Detroit, you lose. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that. That is not the way that the NFL works now. Is when you put up 19 points, you don't win. Like it's it's it is what it is. I hate to be. That guy, the, but well, it's not just 2018. For five years, you've thought this offense needs to put up 24 points to to win a game. I mean, most weeks. Yep. Do you want to get there? Yeah. Do you do you want to know how many uh, teams average less than 20 points a game in the NFL? How many is that? Six. That's not very many. No. So when you're playing 26 of the other ones, you got to put up more than 20, or you're gonna lose. We'll say but if you're playing Buffalo, you could put up 14 and win. <laughs> there, so. were, there were more touchdowns in that game last night than yeah. they have scored all season. Two nights ago, where events coming up? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not good at what day it is normally, not al- let alone in podcast world. Calendars are hard. It's fine. <laughs> now, there are only 11 teams over 500 in the NFL, and the Panthers are one of them. Yay. But it doesn't really feel like we feel like we're part of the cherished Sky's 11. Sky's falling. They have the fourth, what, fourth highest record in the NFL, or in the NFC. And uh, it would have been the third highest if um, something had happened, but I don't remember. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but anyway, fourth highest record in the NFC, and the sky is falling. They're the worst team ever. And I'm ready to fire everybody. Um, Can we talk about how important this game is? Yes. Oh. Because not only because Seattle has been rejuvenated, as seemingly they and Atlanta get that <laughs> every year. Sure. <laughs> Middle of the season, a little jolt to get them back into the mix. Um, now with, with the Alex Smith injury – Whereas before it felt like you had a loss to the NFC East champion, you now very well could have a loss to an NFC wildcard team. And now if you lose this one, now you have the Redskins and Seattle as potential tiebreaker foes for that wildcard. And you lost to both of them. Heads up. 
Seattle's so, got a bunch of tiebreakers that they already have won. I don't remember what the list is, but I read it this morning. Well, it's it's worse for it's the the Seahawks are in the same position as the Panthers, which makes it worse for the Panthers because the Seahawks are not going to win the NFC West. No. Correct. And the Panthers are sorry, probably not going to win the NFC South. Nope. So they are competing for either the fifth or the sixth spot, and so their records will matter. There are a ton of times. How many times in the NFL is it a ten and six team is not competing with the same ten and six team because they're going to win their division? That's not going to happen this year. So. I'm less worried about the Redskins, especially because Colt McCoy is their quarterback, than I am about the Seattle Seahawks, who always seem to get it right at the same at the right time and click at the right time. Now, all that being said, this is a weird rivalry that they have developed after uh, after only, they don't play every year. So it's like to think of the Seahawks as a rival, which I think a lot of Panthers fans do, is unusual to me. But this, they know each other, which is odd for teams that play once every three seasons. But they do. The, the Panthers know a lot about Russell Wilson. They've played against him. Uh, the Seahawks know how to defend Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. They've played against him. So I, I think that this is going to be a, and I hate to be this guy, but it's really going to come down to a lot of execution. You know, like it, it, you're going to have to go out there and beat the Seahawks, just like we, we said it against what, the, ball, the Ravens? This is like I, I feel like this is my favorite thing to say is either you're gonna have to go out there and beat them or you're gonna have to not not beat yourselves and this one you're gonna have to go out there and beat the Seahawks. Where do you think this score is gonna be? Because we just spent all this time talking about how how high scoring the offenses are and how much I mean points you need, but this game has at times been a low scoring affair. Sixteen thirteen. No, I, I yeah, don't, like, I mean no, it, I actually that, don't. But think that score wouldn't. Su- then what score wouldn't shock me? No, that right. would sh- it would that would absolutely shock me. I think it's thirty-one to twenty-nine. Real, I would take the under on that. Mm, that's fair. Okay. Do you want to bet a can of cranberries on it? Sure. <laughs> All right. Sure. I get to eat them either way. I like this. <laughs> Are we ready for a game? Yes. Wait. So, what do you think is gonna? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. We don't usually do preview or like. Um, I guess previews is not the worst, but let's do it. I, we're doing, we're throwing the rules out the window. We don't have Mike Solarte staring us in the face. The judge. Jordan Rodriguez is not giving out any sort of hot takes. It's a zero-day contract. Zero-day so contract. you are going to, uh, let's hear some scores. What do you got? I, I mean, 27, like, I just don't know if it's old school. I'm like, I think this is like a 2017 slugfest. Both teams want do want to run the ball, presumably. I don't know. I've, we haven't checked with Panthers if they want to this week. They, <laughs> But I know I know the Seahawks do, and and I wouldn't be surprised. You you get some field goals, going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, nine six halftime. I don't know. <laughs> Ugh, gross. First yeah, of no, all, no, that. But this has that potential. First of all, Graham Gano can't make three field goals, okay, so I think true. we can all agree on that. <laughs> true. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to say when you so when you said they want to run the ball, do you think that they're that they? Do you think that Cam did not run the ball on purpose? Against Detroit? Or do you think that was just kind of like scheme situation? It didn't happen. It's fine. Like, it is what it is. Like, there are going to be games where he has two carries. Well, I don't know. Uh, are there games where he has two carries? Um, well, there, yeah. There's about ten of them in well, his career. <laughs> um, but it's just his average game. Um, did, is, is, it the shoulder, is it the Watt hit? Can I, can I buy Watt hit for a dollar? That, that shoulder did get... 
affected, and they don't want more hits than they thought. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can skate by against Detroit, keep them tucked in the pocket. They did run them in the first drive, though, so that kind of goes, eh, I don't know. Right. If you said you're going to protect them, you wouldn't run them in the first drive, and they run both time. Both of his runs were in the first quarter. So, but I don't. I, it doesn't. It. It used to happen at the beginning of the year. It would be like, we're going to protect Cam. We're going to save him for the end of the year. And you would get so frustrated for those first couple of weeks, watching him just stay in the pocket and not yeah. run and not be the weapon that we know he can be. And then, you know, they'd play the Bengals and he'd run all over everybody. I don't have anything to say about this. I, I don't um, – I just don't know. And I hate to be the – I hate to, I hate to like, speculate whether we think that he might be a little bit hurt. He's going to play. And I think if he doesn't, if he runs twice again this week, then it's going to be something that we're going to talk about. But I can tell you, I can tell you right now that later on today, that's how you do it. Uh, Cam Newton will be having a press conference, and he will be asked mm-hmm. about his running on Sunday, and he will likely say, "Well, that's just I didn't like what the defense was giving me." So we will not get a positive answer from anybody, right. and the only answer will be what is going on on the field, just like when. We didn't get a good answer about Cam's shoulder until he pulled himself out of the game during a Hail Mary. So that's when you get an answer to these things, when they're actually happening on the field, not when you're asking them at the pressers. But I do think back to week one against Dallas when they were running effectively, you know, so much of the RPOs and and, and the read options. And he admitted to being greedy and, you know, enjoying it. And we've seen him want that hit and and, and need, you know, I don't say need that hit, but, you know, seem energized by that hit and then you watch and at the same time he was he was he was phenomenal from the pocket and he had five drops you know by his by his number one wide receiver and if you look at his completion percentage with those drops taken away you assume he doesn't have responsibility for him <laughs> you can't look at those numbers and go this guy needs to be doing more no no <laughs> come on he what? still completed 68 percent of his passes even with the five drops <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's crazy, right? But that's but that's why it's like look at what this guy's doing at the quarterback position, and then be like, he's not doing enough. I need him to do more. But yet, we need him to do more because a big part of what defenses react to is him. And when you do take that away completely, particularly down the stretch of games, then you score 19 points in Detroit. And they did some weird stuff with the options too. Um, there's a great analysis that's coming out today from uh, Vincent Richardson that uh, that's basically like what they made some changes with their like blocking schemes and the way that they ran some of their read options, which obviously they're that's what you have to do. You can't run the same play all the time that were just like, I'll say curious. So um, if you're listening, you should go check it out because it's really interesting what they did and it didn't work. So maybe they're going to fix it. Maybe they're just going to go back to the drawing, drawing board, which drawing. apparently I'm, my name Make is Simon, drawing. and I like to do you know drawings. My name is Simon. I like to Good do reference. drawings. That's, that's the it. one. That's the one that got us all jumped on board. We all are on that one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so now. Game time. Yes. Game time. Game do I have to show time? up? Oh. <laughs> we'll call it salary time. Ooh. Ooh. What does the next contract look like for the following players? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, I can only hope some wives have stopped listening. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Colin, Colin's having a moment right now. If you're on, just, just, I don't think we have a whole lot of players that listen. Certainly not past the first 15 minutes of nonsense. <laughs> um, but just maybe turn it off. Just to shut her down. 
Let's start with TD. Are we in a safe space right now? <laughs> oh, no. Maybe. Should we end it now? Well, look, the, the, the issue here is, we talked about it, you have to take Shaq Thompson off the field because you've got TD. If I only get to invest in one going forward, it's it's Shaq. Now, I have no problem with TD having an having an emeritus position here, you know, being but I I, I if I have to make a choice, I'm going with the younger guy here. Do they play the same position? Well, if you think about it in terms of nickel a nickel linebacker, then yes. Okay. In terms of having two on the field. I mean, no in terms of a 4-3, yes in terms of do I want Shaq out there in a nickel? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think one year, $2 million. Bring him back. Hell, give him $3 million. Okay, okay, but, okay but uh, uh, all right, I'm, I'm good with this. I, I like keeping TD around. Are we keeping all the veterans around again? Because many, I feel like I feel many, like we've done this with, with who's, a, who, a timer. Who's who. all? Who's all? Well, I don't know. Is Greg Olson coming back? Greg Olson already signed an extension. Okay. So we're not talking about him. Is he on the list? He's not. I mean, you have Khalil, you have Khalil, you have Peppers, you have TD. There's a lot of age. Well, Khalil said he's retiring. So. Sure. And so did TD. Is Khalil on the list? He is not. See. Okay. <laughs> so I should just stick. To I don't the know. List. We, uh, yeah, exactly. We don't even need to know. I mean, I'm I'm basing this on Nikki's list. Okay. And uh, I think I've thought about it this a time or two. If you can't tell, I I think that um, I think uh, pff, why why does Olsen not need to come back? No, I'm I'm four at, touchdowns in the last five games. I'm I'm asking if you're keeping everybody from a team that has that has looked complacent, and you're going to keep all the leadership around, and go. Well, hey, that's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, I, no, I mean TD's but, coming back for me. If I'm Marty Herney, he's coming back one year, three point two million dollars. Come on back, three point two. You just you just gave him a raise. Two you're, raises. He yeah. started at two million. <laughs> sure, three point two. Come on back. I wish you were my boss. No. Doubt. Just pick up a cool 1.2 in 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> That's how it happens. All right, ready? Devin Funchess. Uh, I got a great answer. Um, four years, $39 million, but it doesn't come from the North Carolina Panthers. And, yeah, I called them the North Carolina Panthers because <laughs> I'm P. Diddy. <laughs> Uh, I, I wanted to say it doesn't come from North Carolina, <laughs> but then I said the North, the North Carolina Panthers. But yeah, that sounds about right for me. Four years, thirty-nine. What did I say? I took a really deep breath when you said that too, until you said four years, thirty-nine. And congrats on catching all the passes from Sam Darnold going forward. Oh. Mm. Would he be the number one, and a none would be number two? <laughs> yeah. Is that their number one receiver right now? Uh, I, Robbie Anderson might be their number one. Is I, he in I jail think they'd be interested. Yeah, he's. Yeah, or he will be in jail. I, I, I think that he is going to. There is a. There is a lot of. There is a big market out there for a big, tall wide receiver like that. And I just think that when you draft a wide receiver in the second round and then you follow it up with a wide receiver in the first round, that says to me that you're not sign, re-signing your number one wide receiver. And and then you can go out in the fourth round of this year and pick up another six five guy that is from Texas Tech that Vincent hates. Is there any scenario that you see well, Funchess in a Panthers uniform next the, season? Yeah, this is the this is the question to me is it are they are they players for him? Like do you think like 
because the question is, are you ready for DJ Moore to take that spot, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that is that that's what you're going with. Like that's going to be your your depth chart. You figure is he's going to be the one. And are you are you ready for are you ready for that? Is he the one or is he just the X? Like that's the thing is you say like the one, but like whatever. So who cares? Can can he be the? Is anybody going to be the one? We don't have a number one receiver right now. We don't have a one. True. Funches and Moore played the same amount of snaps the last two games. Okay. So you think Funches is the number one wide receiver? He got less targets than Moore, played the same amount of snaps. None of them are number one wide receivers. Okay. They're all they're all wide receivers. There are okay. like six number one wide receivers in the league. Okay. Who's next? So you're not paying them. That's, that's I'm not whole, paying them. Okay. Yeah, I'm not paying them. If if I if I'm if I'm Marty Herney, thanks but no thanks, Devin. We really enjoyed you being on the team. Uh, great. Have a great one. You know, we we wish you well. No hard feelings. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord's. We pulled this up a couple weeks ago, maybe looking at that free agent wide receiver going into 2019. There's nobody on that list, right? Nobody that's moving. Yeah. Uh, like I mean. Sorry, Give it to me. Show, throw them out. I mean, Odell's not going anywhere. Nope. Brandon Cooks isn't going anywhere. Nope. Stephon Diggs isn't going anywhere. Nope. So is Devin Funches the number one wide receiver? Larry Fitzgerald agent wide receiver? is 40-some years old. Yep. Like, Man, he's not going anywhere. Funches, number one wide receiver on the wide, on the free agent market. How much does Sammy Watkins get? Calvin 16. Benjamin will be available. Yeah, and he'll be out of the league in four months. Didn't I say that on you this did. show? You yeah, did. Right. We, I wrote the you date wrote down. down. Okay, yeah. you time stamped it. I put it in my calendar so yeah. an alarm will go off. Who else do we got? Who else is on the list? I don't have I don't have any more fun any more Funches talking me. How about Cap talk? Captain Munderland? No. Oh. Oh, Cap, Cap. is going to get some the cameo. Cap- the cameo? <laughs> <laughs> Cap's gonna get an honest look somewhere, and I think that he's gonna get. I mean, he's probably like on a, on like a, I don't know, like a two-year, six million dollar contract. Not here, oh but God. somewhere else. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I think Colin just had no a heart failure. Mm. No, no, no. He'll go sell, sign with whatever. He could. I mean, he may sign with like, um, I don't know, like Miami. That sounds about right. Like Frank Gore retires, and then he goes to be. Frank Gore in Miami because he's not going to be all he wants is to be to have the chance at being a number one guy he's not he's not ready to just jump in and be a number one guy but like could he go somewhere and and yeah sure could he go to Houston instead of Lamar Miller Cameron Payne? yeah no (laughs) no all right but he's not coming back here I know no no we're finally going to get an honest look someone's going to give him a shot and someone's going to give him an honest look Who's next? Eric Reed. Oh, mama. <laughs> uh, you, you, I want a better answer at safety. Can I, send it, can I put it that way? Like, just in general, I want a better answer at safety. I've wanted a playmaking safety in this defense because ultimately, if, if, if Shaq's not the guy because, you know, covered, I, I, you need somebody. You, I want that defensive playmaker in the, in, in this, on that back end. So I'm looking to upgrade that position. You don't think he's on the team right now? Um, I mean, no. I mean, I no. I'm not. I, no. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think. Um, I like Eric Reed as a player. He plays safety the way I like playing safety, which is like he comes up and he 
hits somebody. Not great in but like plays strong safety. I mean, like strong safety. Um, from a football standpoint, I I think he is one of the better safeties in the league. But I think there that doesn't mean that you can't find somebody in the draft or in the waiver wire. I don't think there's a better option on the roster right now. I think Rashawn Galden is a Shaq Thompson replacement, <clears throat> and. Uh, and so for Eric Reed, I give him a one-year, $6 million contract. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's Carolina. I don't know. But I, I think he's going to go. He's he's going one year at a time. I think you're you're making a mistake if you're locking that guy up for four years. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, a one-year deal, a veteran one-year deal, sure. By the way, do we do – we, is it odd that C.J. Anderson hasn't been signed anywhere since he was being so misused and miscast here, misutilized? Now, I love C.J. as a person, great guy, but um, the fact that the fact that you don't get scooped up immediately and Kenyon Barner doesn't even last past waivers might say something to me about maybe they made the right decision. Especially you have possible. teams like Philly that are in desperate need of someone. That's all I'm saying. At the same time, how many times – it feels like, you know, like for like three or four years, it would be like, well, week 14, and the Patriots have signed LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, oh, he just happened to be a free agent during week 14 again, and did he? Oh, guess who's going to dominate during the playoffs now? Sure, yeah, no, I mean, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it yeah. won't happen, but, but he didn't get scooped up super fast. So. No, no, but I, – and, and I don't think that's, that's a shock. I, I'm not I'm – not, I mean, I thought he was the backup from the jump. I just like the depth perspective more than I like – like CJ as a specific, as a playmaker. Sure, that's fair. Uh, I don't want to tie. Yeah, we don't have to talk about a guy that's not even on the team. One more. Yeah. What else? Darryl Jake Williams. Delone. Oh. <laughs> Daryl Worley. No. <laughs> uh, he probably not winning this battle. You're probably not gonna win this, right? Unless unless people don't bid on him. Unless people feel like oh the injury. But I I feel like there's gonna be some team. With some, because because everybody's got cap space now. Yeah, that's going to look and go, and you're just not going to be willing to match. No. Unless I mean you, they have a right tackle. Right. Well, well, but unless you unless you think that you know you want to you want to flip moat. Like, I don't th- think they want to. Well, I, I that would be that would be the case where you you might be interested. But you're right. Like if you think he, if Moten's the right tackle, then sorry, hate no. the way it worked yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they, this is it's just it's the same thing with the wide receivers. You draft a guy in the second – or what do, what do they draft Moten? Second round? Third round? Second. Second round. You draft Moten in the second round to replace your right tackle when he leaves in free agency. Like, this is how it goes. Like, you – like, this is the way a good football team operates. Yeah, but but you can also see Lyman switch positions. That's all I'm trying to say. Sure, yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, you, if you like both of those guys. I could also – You said, you said hey, we want Moten on the left and we want, you know, Williams on the right and we think that's going to that's gonna anchor us, you know. Sounds great in Madden. But I don't know if it works in real life. I don't know. Maybe it would. What do you I, mean? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Like it? Like it feels like Moten. Everybody kind of looks as Mo, at Moten as like, well, Moten's real good at playing tackle, so let's throw him out there at the left. It's not. I, I don't know if that. I honestly don't know. Like okay, I, well, I don't. Jordan know. Gross played right tackle for a year and then moved over and played left tackle. Like there, it's not un, unheard of for young guys to start on the right side and move to the left side. Yeah. So, no, it's not. I'm, I'm not I mean, saying it's it not, is. No, no, it's not a Madden move. I mean, this is this is the NFL we're talking about, and this is what guys have done. I mean, guys have moved along the line. They started guard. They move out to tackle. They started tackle. They move into guard. I mean, it, it happens. And all I'm trying to present is the scenario where if you were going to bring them back, that would be the scenario to do it. Sure. 
first thing I do in Madden is I bench Funchess and Torrey Smith, and I put in Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore That's and both wide receivers. Move. That's probably a good move. Because then they score a touchdown every time. Maybe that's why people are so excited about them. They keep playing with them in Madden. Oh, that's and what it is. And they think they think they should be better because if you play with Cam in Madden, you play those guys. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, probably. I love Madden. Tune in next week when we talk about how Madden is ruining real life football. <laughs> that's fantasy. <laughs> it's a pretty good time. It's a pretty good take. <laughs> it's not a terrible take. <laughs> Josh, tell the folks at home where they can find you. Um, I am. <laughs> Sorry, when you said at home, it was like <laughs> number I'm, one, like at home. <laughs> Two is not a winner. <laughs> Three, one. nobody remembers. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. You can follow the Riot Report at our Riot Report. You can follow the Riot Network at the Riot Network. You can follow me on Instagram at Josh Klein Rules. You should go and get your health checked out at Ortho Carolina. And that is the end of my plugs. Um, and I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Cosign, Colin. How, how can you guys claim it as your favorite and not embrace the brilliance that is the cranberry? Thank you, Maine, for all you do for all of us. Uh, people can find me at Colin, CLT. Were you I thanking the state of Maine? <laughs> well, who else would I thank? Hey, thanks, Ocean Spray. Not a sponsor, but I really appreciate your work. If you're listening, Ocean Spray, we have sponsorships available. Sponsorship opportunities available. I do make a great homemade cranberry sauce. I almost feel like I should make you some now. <laughs> uh, it's really it good. It won't be as good as it is out of the can. <laughs> that what makes a great, me so sad. What a great take to end on. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. And you can find me at Nikki704 <laughs> crying over can cranberry sauce. This is One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina, temporarily zero-day contract. We'll see you next week. So good. That clapping's messing my head up, man. I appreciate it. But I was, was trying to think of the next line. I'm like, all I hear is clapping. Here we go. Thanks anyways. Turkey for me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey lurkey do and turkey lurkey dap. I eat that turkey and I take a nap. Thanksgiving.